Hi, I'm Jeff Pagano, and thanks for tuning in to the Harpen on Rugby podcast. HarpenOnRugby.net is an unofficial fan site for Leinster and Ireland rugby, with write-ups every Monday after matches, and regular coverage of the latest news and opinion via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course this pod. If you haven't already, please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, as well as a host of other platforms. This week, my back-and-forward chat is with Brendan Shields from RugbyCology.com. We talked about the valuable data and analytics he provides in real time for coaches, mostly at schools level, as well as crunching some interesting numbers from the first two rounds of the Six Nations. Then, since Brendan happens to be a fan of both Leinster and the Cheetahs, we also discussed the match this weekend at the RDS, as well as his overall thoughts on the South African experiment in the Pro 14. So without any further ado, here's how we got on. Now it's time for our latest back and forward chat and joining me all the way from Brisbane, Queensland, Australia is Brendan Shields, creator of RugbyCology.com, where rugby analytics are simplified with Google. Welcome to the pod, Brendan. Thank you very much, Jeff, and thanks for the, for the opportunity to be able to, to chat a bit about this. No, no problem at all. So, so um, tell us a bit about yourself. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm an American with Portuguese ancestors living in Ireland, so I know all about you. You're a South African who spent some time in Ireland and now you're living in Australia. So tell, tell us a little about yourself. Mm, that's exactly right. Yeah, I was almost uh, moving to Ireland at the end of last year and uh, the wife at number 99 decided now we will return to her parents here in Australia. She's Irish <laughs> and uh, now we had everything set up and I had a school selected in Greystones and we were heading out there. And, and <laughs> when I have beautiful summer days over here now in Brisbane and I'm quite happy that she made that decision. <laughs> so I love Ireland and would have loved to live there again and, and will visit soon but uh, yeah no, Brisbane is a great place to live in Australia is a lovely country so it's been, it's been going on really good so far brilliant and um, so tell us a bit about rugby ecology what's what's that all about it's all about rugby statistics and analysis and all that all that fascinating stuff yeah, Jeff, I think what happened there is uh, I, I started working with schools when I returned from Ireland. This is now in South Africa. And then just very quickly realized that the amount of time that you spend doing video analysis in order to get a certain amount of statistics was just totally out of kilter. You uh, you know, you only had about an hour to, to relay these, these analysis to schoolboys, and yet it took you five, six hours to generate. Um, also, you couldn't do stuff live, so you know, it was kind of pointless. You you play a game and at halftime, you really want to know what's going on, but you, you couldn't because you first have to go and analyze the video afterwards. So all the data and all the statistics were after the fact. I thought that's a bit pointless, um, yet the investment you have to make, you know, like the professional teams to get live statistics uh, while the game's in play was just enormous, you know, the type of camera systems you have to have up and, and totally um, unfeasible for school. So I kind of started playing around with an idea of, of how to, to get stuff, uh, how to generate statistics live. And so a coach can at least at halftime go into the huddle and have stuff prepared and doesn't have to thumb suck or get angry and shout at the boys if, if they can be <laughs> a little bit more goal-centered and, you know, have a few metrics that's, that you can work on. So it, it started almost as a pen and paper based system and then just really got into the Google uh, environment with, with Google Forms and Google Sheets and all these things that, that you can use live. So if I generate a, a statistic by capturing some data on one computer, the coach can follow it, you know, on his phone in real time on the other side. So Google is just really good for 
for capturing and and reporting on data that's kind of what the company does so i've been quite lucky to just catch a bit of a ride and and use the technology that they bring and, and update regularly to to build something really cool for rugby and so so just take us through like you know from from people that may not be involved in coaching and whatever the, the coaching aspect of, of rugby and all um like how, how would it actually work so so the match so the match is going on so you're 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 capturing like lots of lots of data in real time as the match is going on like that's it yeah i mean the most important thing uh, also a lot of analysis at pro level you know they have analysts uh, full-time employed so you know these are people who can filter the, the 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 meaningful stuff from from a lot of data whereas at school and club level you just don't have someone who's going to be able to do that so i've had to develop something that that really cuts everything down to to what is important and what can make a difference to to coaches at that level so what i would be capturing would be uh, field area um, obviously territory being very important but they're looking at attack platform so how do attacks start so if one team attacks obviously another one defends so just by measuring attack you get to kind of get both sides of the picture so it all start with where it happens and how it starts happening so say a, a ball is kicked on to llama I know where he catches the ball and where he starts attacking from so we can then have a look at everything he does in between until that attack ends and and just by measuring the attack itself paint a really clean picture as to to how efficient teams are um, on defending say from from a field of kick in that area so when you get your results at the end of the day it's already very filtered um it's you don't have to scratch your head you don't have to go through a lot of jargon and try and figure out what on earth happened here you know sometimes people would publish um a range of statistics from the NFL or, or whatever sport and there's just so much data to get your head around so mm. you can kind of understand as a coach uh, where do you even start and there is a problem at school and club level where there's that real disconnect between the amount of data that the pro system will generate and the amount of data you could actually consume and and really use to to your benefit so it's all about finding that balance um between capturing the right stuff and uh, having it available straight away that's that's the most important thing yeah that's amazing because i mean the 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 the, the whole real time aspect of that is the is the is the fascinating but i mean like you say anyone can anyone can go to the video afterwards and uh do go through go through every play and whatever but like you say the coach at half time they they want that they want as much of that crucial info like um straight straight away and they can they can actually do something with it that's it yeah you want to have I, i always say with analysis based used if if it's uh, you know to set goals for players especially if you look at a, like an under 15 team you know you don't want to be going into uh, all the rucks and you know what this player's favorite yogurt is and all kinds of stuff you just mm. want the real nitty-gritty basics of we decided to do a certain thing in our 50 meter area two passes and then we'll we'll exit and so far that strategy hasn't worked guys let's keep the ball in hand a bit more you know really something really short and sweet and focused and um but then also when you when your game is finished you don't want to go into a video and watch for 10 hours to find information that can be beneficial to your next training session you want to have mm. Your, your problem should be laid out immediately and then you can go into the video and find okay all the times that we 
Our problem is, say, the line out. Um, the data has shown that. So let's go and look for that specifically, compare two or three clips, and then that we can take to the players. Really short and sweet. It's going to be half an hour. They'll actually get it. You don't overfeed them with all this information. And you can go to the training paddock and, and sort it out. So it's just about focusing, culturing. That's brilliant. And would you find that, um, like, if you have different, you, you'd be approached from different uh, coaches and, you know, different teams, different setups from different levels, maybe. And would they come to you with uh, different kind of demands? Would they say, well, listen, I need I need this kind of focus for my stats or is it just one? Is it just kind of one one kind of package and then they take what they want from us? Jeff, I think it's come around uh, how the product ended up looking is is combination of of all the requests over time that people really wanted and, and what i figured out was that coaches kind of know what what packages would deliver they they really know um what is out there so something that'll tell you your line out accuracy at a certain place is this and this and this but analytics has to dig a little bit deeper than that so um i'm trying to at the moment work a lot on efficiencies and and really just breaking the game down between the four zones and the six type of attack modes and then seeing how efficiently you attack and defend off those um, to, to, to very quickly nail down every team's weak point and strong point. So I, I think as far as, as consulting to pro teams, that's what I bring at the moment. I can very quickly see where a team's weakness lies. So Leinster, for example, you, you'd think they wouldn't have too many at this stage, but they have one crucial one. Um, and and that is the kind of thing that a, an opposition coach would like to know. Um, through other data, they would they they probably stumble upon the same thing. But I I'd like to believe rugby quality just gets there. A little bit. Yeah, very good because it's uh no, it's amazing how much um, statistics have 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 just evolved. Because I, I remember um, I was at a I was at like it was about five years ago or so, but I was at a launch of a Leinster jersey, and Gordon Darcy was one of the one of the Leinster players, you know, giving a talk or whatever, and he sort of a link to the to just when the pro game was starting. And he was saying how the game has changed up to now. That even in training, I mean, the, that pro level, you know yourself, they t- they t- they have they have detailed stats from their training sessions, and um, the, the the competitiveness that it, it really brought people on. They they'd want they'd wear the GPS. They'd want to see how much they'd run afterwards, and uh, they'd all be trying to beat themselves even just in the training session. So it's a, it's really it's really it's not a help, not just a helpful tool for the coach. It's going to be interesting to see how it develops as well. Like I I do most of my work at schools level, and and finding that synergy between how professional teams do it and how school teams reasonably can be expected to do it. I think is the trick at the moment. You have a lot of schools. I deal with with um, Andy Sheehan at, at St. Michael's, St. Michael's quite a bit. You know, they they set up as more professional than a lot of the pro teams are. But what what Andy and the guys do really well is they find that balance of where where technology ends and where play player enjoyment and just that kind of open mindedness starts. So uh, they they don't overdo it, even though all the data is available. So. They do as they spend their time filtering um, what they think will inspire players so they don't use it as a negative tool to say, okay, you've now missed this and this and this amount of tackles and that kind of thing. Um, so I find that fascinating how schools and clubs come to grips with, with all the technology because there's a lot of development at the top end and I think it moves a lot faster than, than what coaches and players even can get their heads around. 
But um, it's going to be interesting, I think, in the next couple of years to see where this goes. I do think it will bottom out at some stage. Um, it's incredibly uh, interesting, but you've seen some critique around it in the last few months. You know, as players being a bit selfish, more worried about their own performance environment type of thing. I'm kind of watching that from the side. The data analytics, what, what rugby ecology does is, is luckily a bit more long-term view. So we'd, um, we'd look at things over time and try and spot trends. So I'm, I'm just glad I don't have to, uh, you know, be a video analyst at this stage where you're looking at these from <laughs> our scrape the ball out and doing box kick after box kick. Imagine having to watch that over and over and over you watch any of the, the schools levels teams now and uh the the level of of the, the standard of the organization it's just uh it's just incredible like you say it's it's not that far off uh the proteins they did you, you can see them almost walking up into provincial level when 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 they come out of school that's right yeah i i think you know especially if you if you go and look at these games from under 16 level up at schools level it's almost like rugby at that level is is close to perfection because the players, you know, are still in school. They're still going through, uh, you know, growth spurts and, and all this kind of carry on. And they have lives outside of rugby. So when when it comes to the rugby field, it's almost like a, an expression of joy that they finally, you know, get to be on the field and, and try out all these things they did during training. Um, so you see a bit more, I think, off-the-cuff kind of passion plays, whereas in, 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 in the pro game, many times you could see that people are literally just going through the motions and trying to enact what's been trained on the field over and over and over, as if they don't have um, enough stuff to do, so they kind of overtrain and overthink things. So that's, I think, an area where the schools game for me and, and just the innovation that guys come up with is amazing because they have that key limitation of time. Whereas the pro guys, you have access to these players all the time. So I do think, you know, to to be seen, to be busy, a lot of coaching is happening that maybe shouldn't be happening. I think they should get back to playing golf a bit more. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, then I leave the rugby for, for those active few minutes of, of training and then, and then playing. But I, I do think there's a bit too much going on at the moment. Absolutely. Well, um, okay. So let's look at some of the um, some of the actual stats stats to come up with. And you put some in, you put some interesting ones out on Twitter. Um, I noticed the other day you came up with some from the Six Nations first two rounds of Six Nations. And I noticed one where you had uh, you compared the Six Nations uh, under this uh, stat called um, efficient rugby. And t- t- tell us how you come up with that. All right. Yeah. So the efficiency is basically every single play. Um, that you make. Every single attack starts somewhere and it ends somewhere. So after it's ended, we can assign certain values to what you achieved. So if you if you manage to um, gain territory, that is a, a certain value. If you've been able to gain territory and retain possession for a next play, there's a value to that. And obviously scoring three, five or seven points um, there's a value attached to that. And based on, on all those values, little ticks that you earn through that attack, we can work out an efficiency for every single attack or then uh, inverse the defensive uh, play you have to make. And what's what's really nice about that at the moment is we can compare you know, schools games to pro games and we can compare all pro teams being judged on exactly the same scale. So it's, 
It's about trying to find a standard way of judging how efficient a team is in doing what they should be doing. And, um, you know, we, we, I'm, I'm dealing with the Six Nations at the moment, but, but what I really look forward to is then comparing the Six Nations data to the Rugby Championship data and really for one see, um, yes, the weather plays a huge role up north at the moment, but to see if there is that small difference in how uh, efficiently the teams up north play versus the teams down south. I think that's going to reveal quite a lot um, because we, we're all a bit shocked every time the World Cup comes around and the northern team seems to go into their shell and I'd, I'd really want to understand that. And then I'm also uh, comparing Leinster to the Reds in the European Cup versus Super Rugby. Um, I will use some of the data from the Pro 14 as well, but yeah, just to see that comparison as well and to see if there are key, huge things that teams do differently from one another and then how that affects the efficiency of the rating on their attack and the pace. That's fascinating. And um, any any other any other kind of uh, statistics we can be looking at? What also fascinated me, Jeff, was the just scrums. You know, we... Scrums, we almost, as soon as people start talking about scrums, there's a hushed tone in the room. You know, this is like the holy grail of rugby and everything revolves around it. There's hardly mm. any scrums in these games. You know, in the Six Nations, we always kind of, the perception was that it's a scrumming game. Everything's really tight and everything's all about, you know, big burly men shoving each other into the mud. And yet there's, <laughs> I think the, the average amount of scrums per team is just over five at the moment. So to think for all this... Uh, amount of hot air that we create about how important scrums is and and you think in a six nations game the average team will only scrum five times or attack five times off a scrum that's crazy uh, compared to lineouts that's um well over 12 uh, on average and uh, most of the lineouts also happen in opposition territory so this is a, a really important attack platform and no wonder, I think there was data came out this year that the most the well, most well-paid players in Pro 14 and Top 14 are locks. Well, no, I think Top 14 was winger still, but locks in, in Premiership and Pro 14, which just makes sense because lineouts are by far the most important set piece. But then to also see kick returns. Um, now, we saw this in the World Cup. There was a lot of um, ping pong going on between teams and obviously in, in tight international games where they don't want to give an inch. There's a lot of kicking happening. But but to think that in your own 50-meter area, how you launch or counter-launch from kicks is is the thing, single uh, attack platform that happens the most in rugby games these days. Mm. So, you know, guys like Hogg and, and Lama and these guys who can really run themselves out of trouble, safe under the high ball, first of all, but make good decisions once they feel the ball uh, will become more and more and more of a vital skill. That's that's the one takeaway so far after round two. Um, I was going to ask you about... Um statistics from the television standpoint you 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 go deep dive analyze analyzing you know the statistics for for coaching and for for producing stats for the for the players and all that but from from the fans point of view like you know like i i 
my, my side is for like Leinster fans and fans of the game. Would yeah. you? Um, we we you know we we like stats as well, but we obviously we wouldn't go that deep as well. But when it comes to the statistics that you see presented on graphics in yeah. regular TV broadcasts, how do you think they deal with that? Do you think that they could do more? Do you think they could do less? Do you think they could do it differently? How do you think that's handled? Yeah, Jeff, I think they they latch onto stuff that that will create conversation more so than than maybe. Um, offer an educational point of view um yeah so something something has gained um is is a very confusing metric because you know if you think about it you have type furlong making a break from his own 50 he gets a line break his little short legs move fast he gains about 20 meters um and the statistics will reflect he carried the ball he beat two or three defenders, he made this amount of meters, but it doesn't tell you how the play actually ended. So was it efficient? Did he do well? Did he present the ball well on the floor? Um, so we, I think the TV type of stats have, have attached a positive um, to certain things that, that are not as conclusive. So a, a line break, for example, um, often enough, I don't have the exact data on it, but my hunch is that more often than not, if a forward makes a line break, he loses the ball. So nothing happens on that play. Often the ball gets turned over and probably kicked to 10 meters behind where he started from. So um, it's not a positive. So it, that's where the TV statistic and, and the kind of stuff that we do has mm. a disconnect. So they're selling a product as a necessarily positive thing, whereas it might not totally be. And then the other thing, I mean, if you ask people about stats in rugby, the first thing they'll say is territory and possession. And both of those are fairly pointless in describing what goes on in the rugby game. So you can have all the territory, but if in that territory plays, you don't have the ball. Um, it's pointless. Similarly, if you have a lot of possession, but a lot of it's in your own area, it's not going to help a lot. So again, there's, I think there's a huge scope to, to dig a little bit deeper from a TV point of view and say um, the type of territory you have is on attack in the right areas. The type of possession that you might have is negative possession because it's... Um, it's in the wrong areas of the field. So I, I do think over time there's going to be a, I'm knocking on the door very hard to ease things in because I think at the end of the day it will, it will make the game a little bit more exciting. The, the, the pundits who sit at halftime who you know, spend a lot of time at the moment in the media lashing players or getting quite negative over things. There's, there's so much more interesting stuff to be talking about at halftime. The data will in future, I think, play a big role and just edging on the conversation a little bit into stuff that, that, that really matter and that, that give a true reflection of what's going on in the game. So, mate, so so what you might see in the near future is instead of um, when they go to half time in the match, um, they go to Matt Williams and Ronan O'Gara tearing lumps out of each other in the studio for for 10, 15 minutes. You might they might just let them let them go at it for five minutes and then maybe go over to someone like Brendan Shields uh, with his with his uh, with a screen showing like real stats, real stats as to where the real uh, action areas were. That's it. Yeah. I mean, at the moment, I could 
could see this this there's so much good stuff going on online and a lot of really good analysis done by by independents you know if you think you're squidging these guys at the moment um to have a, a production where they cut at half time to someone like him who gives a little bit of feedback um will will really make the product better but you know a simple thing at the moment i can spot which are your most successful attack platforms so as soon as a team struggles those will be only sanctions so they're only effective off penalties because they kick it out or they keep points from it uh, a team like monster for example during the pro 14 could only achieve success if they reached the opponent 22 they they were totally inefficient from anywhere outside of that So when we're talking about attack and we talk about um, looking at Larkham's influence and in Munster these would be the things that I think would add a lot more to the conversation than just to say uh, you know oh this is having a good game or look at this kick um, so there can be that that nice balance between uh, the creative element of what data gives us I think there is this perception that data is going to be boring because it's stats And if we move away from stats and we're talking a little bit more about analytics, it, it's quite creative stuff, and it and it should prick a little bit more interest in in what's going on between the four lines. Part my bugbears um, with the stats that they produce is uh, one, one of them is lineouts. Um, you, you you see a stat where a team got they they won ten out of eleven lineouts, but did they really win those ten? I mean, they they you know, the, the the coaches have a set play, and that's a productive lineout when the set play works because the whole team is ready for the for the play. The backs are all set in their own such way. The the darts a bit funny, and he only catches it and he and he drops it, but he's they still retain possession and they sort of muddle into a breakdown. They still count that as a one lineout, and to me, that's not a lineout that's been won. You know, it's I did th- yeah. I think they need to go that bit extra and distinguish clean lineouts. You know, yeah, I think the the lineout is a very interesting because when I was kind of still in the development phase of rugby ecology, I looked a lot at that to to look at lineouts and ask whether a ball has been received cleanly. Or whether it's a bit messy, or you know, etc. Mm. To 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 dig a bit deeper into the kind of quality ball that you get. But at the moment, if you look at efficiencies, um, I've been getting into a bit of trouble over, especially the scrums again. It's like something you can't really talk about because people are too, <laughs> too precious about it. But to ask that if you know, if you have a lineout and you've won ten out of ten of your balls, so it reflects as a hundred percent accuracy, and and the the pundits then at halftime will say the lineout functioning really well. Um, so my question is then just how effectively did you attack off those lineouts? So you won ten balls, but not out of one of them you managed to progress. We had a team in the Six Nations. Now I think I'm not. I think it was Scotland. Who had six lineouts and did not progress upfield once from six lineouts. Mm. So fielding six out of six, hundred percent great. Scotland's lineout is firing. No, it's not. They haven't even been able exactly. to gain territory, yeah. even alone retain the ball or score point. So um, yeah, that that is that's one thing we can look at. And okay, well, one one final question on on stats. Can you can you quantify what an open side does? With numbers, I reckon you can. Uh, luckily, luckily, that's not my <laughs> my field. Um, <laughs> I have a, a bit of an, an issue with with rugby or any, anything in general. I can never do anything twice, so I have to set things up so that live when I do it the first time, I capture everything. 
God bless again these guys who have to go and analyze individual players and what open side do and how effective they are. Luckily, I just look from a team um, perspective, so I don't have to um, to look at the individuals. But yeah, look, yeah, anything can be quantified. You just need over time a lot of data and and capture the right metrics so that you can work out the proper. Statistics. The old, the old. The old unseen work, as they as they as they say, you're not we're not supposed to say that anymore. But it's it, it's 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 definitely a thing. Uh, Josh Vanderfire got a try for Ireland at the weekend, where um, it was classic for him. There was bodies all around him, so you couldn't see exactly what he did, but he he got yeah. the job done. He got the ball over the line, and that's that's the classic um, that's the classic open side kind of thing. Like you know, it's like it's, it's okay. like uh, you don't see it, but they do it. You know. The, the other thing that, that we, especially with, with our younger boys at under 13 level there with, with wingers and outside backs, you don't get the ball off. And we do measure um, the kind of lines that they run. So if they run decoy successfully, that is a metric that you pick up. Mm. Because the value of a good decoy is almost more than a proper pass. So these type of what would be considered an unseen um, yes, there definitely are ways in which that's picked up, and those. Yeah. And Josh does a lot of those himself as well. Yeah, he does. He's yeah. a bit manic. I mean, if you if you think of the Leinster uh, Lucy's at the moment, you know, there's there's so many names. So it must be incredibly hard to become, you know, to stand at the top of that pile. Good luck to old Leafy who has to fight his way back in now. But, um, <laughs> Absolutely. On the flare. Where did he come from, first of all? And secondly, how is he now top of the park? Because he was, you know, if you look at schoolboy and and players coming up, I don't think the hype around him was ever as big as some of the others. And yet, here he is. It's just pure pace and footwork. I, I love watching him. Yeah, that's brilliant, Brendan. Thanks very much for all that. Um, I I know it's early in the morning where you are, so I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, But I just have I just have a question for you. Just want to move on to actual rugby this weekend. You're 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 a Cheetahs fan, I take it. And um, it just so happens this weekend the Pro 14 is swinging back into gear, and uh, they're they're coming to the RDS. And I was just wondering, just just quickly, how um, how how you feel about the whole. experiment in the Pro 14 with South African teams has been? Yeah, look, I think I cannot say that it's been a, a great success. Um, I've been back to, to the Free State region recently and, you know, while more people know about it now, there's still not enough people to, to, to really say the experiment work and that, I mean, viewerships now, people who really get passionate about, you know, where Ulster is and, and who's playing for them and that type of thing. So the competition is finding it hard to to get a foothold. Um, what I do find interesting is in future, certain competitions can have invites to teams. So, you know, you can have a team from America maybe come into the Pro 14, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a permanent slot. So I think the Kings from South Africa at the moment, uh, that, that experiment definitely didn't work and, and to invite someone new in there. But just as to the game this weekend, um, you know, the Cheetahs have, have been my, my team growing up. Um, and then when I went to Ireland afterwards, obviously got big into the Leinster thing. And, and for a long time, I think to this day, I would still count Leinster as my, my first team. And now um, living in Brisbane, I have to fondle and then get a bit of love for the Reds going. I think it, it's going to be a very interesting game over the weekend. Obviously, the Leinster is defeated through the, the Ireland squad, but um, their backup at the moment is just so strong. Um, and then for the Cheetahs to be able to finally go overseas and win a meaningful game 
that 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 would be a landmark for them as well. So I'd, I'd be looking forward to see the type of game lens that plays. What what's it looking like there at the moment? Is it like stupidly cold and really wet? It's very changeable. Like today, it was it was literally snowing one minute and then the sun shining the next. But the temperature it it is it is very cold. All right, so um, I I don't know I don't know how much they'll like playing in those those kind of those kind of temperatures. Yeah, look for the cheetahs. That's going to be incredibly hard. Um, so I asked um, you know, Bloemfontein at the moment would be steaming hot and uh, there'd be no no rain and so um, it, it, it's going to be a huge challenge for them and I, while it's exciting from a fan's point of view I just don't Pro 14 and, and the experiment itself just doesn't sit it's given amazing opportunities to, to South African kids to get into Europe and, and get some opportunities there but as far as a fan experience and, and, and the culture around it goes it seems to be a bit of a misfit and, and the talk about South Africa going into the Six Nations would just be totally crazy. Definitely. Okay, well, listen, um, thanks for coming on the pod, Brendan. That was a great chat. So you can be found at uh, rugbycology.com. We, we're starting a, a brand new course today, which is why it's good that you had me up to get everything set up. So basically what I do, um, anyone who wants to become an analyst for their club or schools team, or if you run a blog and you want to do a bit of analysis for um, for your protein, can can now do this quick course. Um, I give you the software and I show you how to pick it all up. And what's really exciting about it is it's a standardised product. So uh, an under fourteen team from Cork would be judged on the same terms as the All Blacks would be. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that way we can really study a little bit more about the game in general and how. You know how the schools game is more efficient in certain things and what the pros can learn from there but up until this time we haven't had that standardized measuring tool so i hope to you know even though it will be a small sample from all over the world if i can get you guys onto the platform um, to all study and measure the game with using the same tool then then we'll get proper benchmarks and really start seeing um, what makes this game tick so I'd invite anyone else to, to, to rugbycology.com if this is kind of your field of interest and you want to get down and dirty with it and really start studying games or just offer your, your school club team a little bit of analysis to, to try and up their performance. This is going to be a really nice new tool. Brilliant stuff. Okay, well, thanks to me. And so get on to uh, rugbycology.com and uh, check out all that out. You're also on Twitter um, at rugbycology. Oh, and uh, Brendan often um, puts, like like I said earlier, fascinating stats like from games that are ongoing, Six Nations and whatever tournaments are going on. So uh, do follow that if you're, if, you're, if, if you're on the Twitter machine. That's it, right. I'm doing a really thorough study on Leinster, Jeff. So um, for the Harpen, obviously, that's your crowd. Um, mm-hmm. I reckon in the next few weeks, uh, when, when there's a bit more pro forwarding games finished, maybe we should catch up on that and just see how Leinster's ticking over. Absolutely, definitely, definitely do that. When the when when it gets into the uh, the business end of the season, definitely we'll, we'll get onto that. Well, listen, thanks again, Brendan, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome, thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate it.